having me today. I'm yeah. super excited. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, yeah, this ahead. is my first time being live on the radio. Being live. I know when you said you had done a K-Town show before, I didn't realize that it was um, pre-recorded. So this is live. This is a new yeah. foray. Exciting. Well, welcome. Thank you. Um, so for those listening, hold on, just uh, James, how are these levels? Did they sound them good? Sounds good. Okay. Thumbs up from James, the best station manager. Um, brought us the claw today, so even though it is uh, quite warm today in Los Angeles. Oh, it's the first day of summer. It's the solstice. I didn't realize yeah. that until um, this morning. So Longest day of the year. Longest day of the year. Also, day one. Day one. But we have um, the claw and some fans in the studio, which hopefully the fans don't sound too crazy on the air. Um, okay. I'm going to turn up the headphones just a little bit more. Testing, testing. Does that sound better yeah, for you? Okay. It's a little hard to tell. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, so we have some questions. Um, today's episode is basically, we're going to talk about, I basically I had all these questions from people that I couldn't figure out how to sort of sort into a theme or topic, which I was telling you before the show. Right. Which is what you're also never supposed to do, is talk, like, pre-chat with your <laughs> co-host about, like, what you're going to talk about, because then you already know what I'm going to say. It's, like, not exciting anymore. But basically, I have all these questions from people that I couldn't figure out how to sort of categorize. And so basically, they're mostly just about, like, difficulties in relationships and sort of things that might make people question whether or not they want to be in the relationship, a.k.a., like, these are questions about relationships. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like you're always like, do I want to be in this relationship? Can we call it the mashup? The mashup. Okay, that sounds good. So it's just yeah. a, it's a grab bag of questions. Exactly. Okay, well, I'm excited. Yeah. Should we dive into well, one? Let's do it. Okay, so, um, oh, if anyone has any live questions, too, I will periodically be um, checking the Google voice number, which is 213-54-L-O-V-E-0. So if you want to send questions to that number, um, then please do. Also, you can direct message me on Instagram at Soul Friends Radio, and I will answer any live questions there too. They always get first priority, so oh. exciting. Um, okay, but yeah, let's see the questions that I have. So the first one is, I'm in a relationship with someone, and it's going very well, but how do I know that they're the one? Like, let me ask you this. Have you met the one? I feel like it's impossible. I feel like this question is a great question, but I have no idea. Like, I don't think that even if I'm in a relationship where I'm, like, committed and monogamous and feel like, you know, the ultimate for me would be, like, if I got pregnant, would I want to keep it? Like, that's, like, that's (laughs) my (laughs) most, like, is that the one? That's my determining factor. And I feel like even then, like, you don't know, like, I have no idea. So I feel like there's no the one. I feel like you have to take it day by day. And maybe that's a cynical way to think about relationships, but that's just kind of, like, how you approach, I approach it. it. Yeah. What about you? So I'm totally perplexed because there's, like, yeah. I feel like there's definitely two camps. So I, yeah. like, when I was younger, and I feel like a lot of people were, like, oh, no, there's, like, a one. There's a soulmate. Like, I'm destined yeah. to find someone. Totally. And the older I got, I was, like, Oh, that doesn't exist. I think yeah. there's people I really connect with. They could be all over the world. So I'm not missing yeah. out on finding the one. Mm-hmm. But then I have a friend who's a coach, and the number one question that she gets is, when am I going to find my soulmate? And, and I was, like, really I was really taken aback by this. I was like, oh, wait, like, people still, like, believe in the idea of, yeah, like, past high school, that's still a thing. Yeah, like yeah. a universal soulmate, like, that yeah. they're searching for. Like, she, she said on average it was, like, 95% the first question that she ever received. 
kind of a taste like what kind of like kind of a life coach okay yeah yeah so basically my arch nemesis as a therapist (laughs) working towards licensure (laughs) yeah yes everything (laughs) that you don't stand for (laughs) yeah exactly great Uh, life coach I'm sure she's lovely yeah yes um but I just kind of found that to be really like I was just so taken back that that was still like a common day thing well it's funny because I feel like that's such a good point because you have these ideas of what relationships should be before you're in them or you have expectations of what you want out of a relationship which I think is great to have a certain amount of clarity but then I think that can also be really limiting in terms of once you get into a relationship if it's working then you're measuring against these maybe unrealistic they're super unrealistic like to think that there's a universal one and that once you meet him or her then it's going to just work itself out I feel like you're setting yourself up for failure yeah what is your life coach friend what does she say about when people have that question does she share with you that she didn't really share with me that I guess like I kind of diverted that but it was just like she said that that was like the number like when people start coaching right that's the number one question that she gets first it's not I feel like this is such an existential question, too, because it's about basically, like, finding certainty in an uncertain world, you know, which I'm not saying the world is uncertain, but I feel as though that's not the point. Like, it's about finding certainty in ways that you can feel comfortable with handling the uncertainty of relationships. You know what I mean? Because people get married, and then they get divorced, and that doesn't mean that, like, that relationship is a failure or that that wasn't the one for a few years or something, you know? Yeah, if you think about it, the majority of relationships end. I don't think it should be quantified as a, like, failure. It should just be, like, a certain fragment of time, like your time in your life. Like, whether it's five years, that's still a a successful relationship for five years. Yeah, totally. You know, so it doesn't mean that 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 doesn't work. And I don't think, I don't don't believe in the one myself. Like, I think there's many people out there that I connect with, and some connect with more than others. I've had one past relationship that I really felt like we were in sync. And I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing was communication. Like we yeah. really spoke the same language. And yeah. I feel like throughout my experiences, that's been like the biggest factor that made me feel connected personally. It's communication. It's communication. communication. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry out there, everyone. Sorry, person. I don't believe in the one. I don't think I do either. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Um, sorry, not sorry. Um, okay, I think we did a good job on that one. Okay. I always like to congratulate myself after job well done. Again. Job well done. Clap, clap. Okay. Um, the next question we have is: I'm very close with my family. We were we vacation together and tried to visit frequently, even though we live across the country from each other. My boyfriend, however, doesn't get along with my family at all. I'm not sure how to resolve it. I really wish they could all just get along, but I also realize that might be very wishful thinking. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's interesting. Um, I kind of feel like this happened. So, I mean, to me, when I read this question, I think about sort of, um, like, maybe it's an exaggeration, but I think about deal breakers in terms of Uh, things that, like, if that doesn't work in the relationship, that, like, it's over, over, you know, like, terrible in-laws or, like, they smoke and I hate smoking or, you know, things like that. Um... Also because, like, okay, so if the boyfriend doesn't get along well with the family and they don't sign it, so I don't know if it's um, a heterosexual relationship or um, not, but if the partner of the boyfriend um, gets along well with the family, then 
I would be worried <laughs> about the family traits getting passed down to my partner, oh. which maybe is just evil, but I just know that I'm like my family, even if I try to fight it so hard with every muscle to not be just like them. I'm just like my parent. Like, it's, it happens. So, it's nature, so, so nature versus nurture. Do you, you don't think, like, the, the nature will have, like... I don't know. I think that is, like, that question is such a hard question. Yeah. But um, I do think you're right, though. I do think yeah. that there are traits that are ingrained, with, like, in you from, from birth. And yeah. it's just dependent upon your circumstances, how they come out and how yeah. they flourish. Like, totally. Do you think it's a situation where you just, like, suck it up? Like, so if they don't, well, yeah. like, if you don't live that close, which these, like, in-laws sound like they're across the country. Yeah. Is it, if, like, a situation where you just suck it up? because you really care and love for the person, or do you think it's ultimately going to break the relationship? I think that, um, I think that if I were in this situation, I'm almost wanting to look at it from the perspective of the boyfriend who doesn't get along well with the family, because I think that I've been in situations where I haven't gotten along well with family Mm. members or people that I was dating, and for me, it was just a matter of taking care of myself in those situations in terms of making sure that I felt respected or that I stood up for myself in a way that I was okay, kind of. So if he basically feels like he cannot get along with the person's family, as long as he's taking care of himself, and maybe that means not vacationing with the whole family, or maybe that means trying to have some communication around, like, what issues are causing, you know, maybe it's just, like, you know, the dad is just an asshole and, like, yells a lot, and, like, the boyfriend can't handle that, and then the boyfriend just leaves, or, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. So do you yeah. think that's something where, like, um, the girl, or, well, like, oh, yeah, we don't know the, yeah, the I don't know. so yeah. where the significant other of mm-hmm. the boyfriend, mm-hmm. like, says something to his, like, his or her family? Is it something, mm-hmm. like, what do you think about that? Or do you think it's just something that it should be, ke- like, kept within the context of the relationship and not brought to the family's attention? That's so hard. I think that that's a great question, though. But I think it probably just depends on the relationship with the parents that right. the partner has, like how that how open it is, yeah, how open right. it is, and how it would be received in terms of if the partner said, you know, my boyfriend has a problem when this happens, mm-hmm. or like it makes it hard on him when X, you know, something like that. Um, I'm really curious about the statistics of, like, people that don't like their in-laws. Like, the people that get along (laughs) with their in-laws versus the people that don't. Because you see it works both ways, where you're like, oh, it's so perfect. I have a second family. Yeah. And then there's other people that are like, I I don't know who these people are. But then you, like, wonder, well, if you don't like their family, do you not like a part of them? Are they, like, so drastically different? Yeah, totally. And some people, I feel like that does happen where you really – you have a model of your parents and you try to basically not be like that because you saw that per you know, you the child of the parents saw how their parents were, didn't like it and then tried really hard to not be like that. And so I think that sometimes it can happen and you can be a whole different person from your parents. But I think less often or like more often right. you're really similar, so I don't know. I kind of I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to tell this uh, this couple. Yeah. Except that just maybe trying to just protect the boyfriend within the situation, I feel protective of him, like, making sure that he's okay, like, spending time with them or not, you know? Yeah, like, the only thing that comes to my mind is really kind of, like, limited limited exposure and interaction, like, Mm -hmm. if that's the situation, and if you know to 
relationship that's going to be very long term, or I mean, maybe mm-hmm. it already is long term. Yeah. It's like really, yeah, just doing justice to the relationship and protecting that core, like to the yeah. best of your ability, and then having both parties spend time with their own families. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big proponent of sort of independence too. Like, right. I mean, my family is like very independent to the extent where when we go on vacation, we don't even always eat together, just if it's not oh, really? convenient. And like, one person wants to go to this restaurant, and then they want to eat later than the other we just are all like oh okay well i'm gonna go eat at six and i'm gonna eat at 9 30 and like we're not gonna we're here together but like we're independent you know and by being independent uh, do you feel like that's made you closer because you're in, you're allowed to like kind of just have your freedom and come back i guess so yeah or i just feel i mean to me that just feels normal and i think that's maybe just a family trait that like that's how my family operates so that's the rules of the family is to sort of be selfish and take care of your needs you know and so I don't feel necessarily like it's not close that we're having separate meals or like I feel like it's just that's That's normal that's That's just the family vibe yeah so so yeah it's hard in terms of like do we vacation together do we not like what I think it's just like take care of yourself like that's my answer okay but yeah do you have anything else to add? Well, I was going to say, like, I think my family experience has yeah. been completely different. Where yeah. we're a family of five plus, like, you know, a lot of clans. Yeah, we're a clan yeah. at this point. <laughs> we're a clan, yeah. Like, we're, like, just coming off the Industrial Revolution where you, yeah. like, I'm like, oh, there's still, like, six or seven or eight of us yeah. um, at all times. Wow. I know. How many siblings is that? So, two siblings, but then one's married. Okay. And has, I have a niece and a nephew. Okay. And then my brother has been in an eight-year-long-term eight relationship. So, wow. once you get all of us together, it's, it's, it's really It's big. a number. Yeah. And, uh... We always do. We there has been more flexibility the older I've gotten, but we still try yeah. to do everything. Like even if you're tired, you're like, I'll just sit here and be tired. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I'll have this food. Totally. I guess this is what we're all doing. Yeah. So it's been like just a, a little bit different of an experience. What coat or like what yeah. um, where are you from? Uh, Orange County. Orange County. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then uh, I was curious if it was like a cultural thing in terms oh of like yeah. East Coast, West Coast. Like I'm from the West Coast. Like my parents are hippies. Everybody just kind of like eats where they want and does what they, you know. Right. Like we're not formal at all is what I mean. But the yeah. whole like, oh, I'm going to like sit and be polite to my family and sort of like give that respect. Like that's not something that I I think, I think, <laughs> we're, I think we're quasi-formal. Yeah. <laughs> like where it's like formal in the fact that we're all together and we've agreed to do this thing. But yeah. like the approach is still like very nonchalant shall yeah. we say like we might all be around the dinner table we might not all have the same food item right so it's like it is and it isn't yeah you know I don't know yeah. families are commitments yeah um, they are commitments yeah well so yeah good luck to good luck to that yeah I'm trying to think if I have anything else I don't yeah. think I have anything else except just make sure that you feel comfortable you know boyfriend I know the boyfriend didn't um, submit the question but you know make sure that the boyfriend's sort of like Okay. Yeah, comfortable situation. on taking yeah, care of and maybe limited yeah. exposure. Yeah, I love that. Limited, yeah, totally. Okay. Next question. Um, hold on, let me open this window, see if there's anybody else. Once again, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Soul Friend Radio on K Chung this morning. Um, and you can text us questions about difficulties in relationships. Any questions about relationships, too, are always welcome at 213 L O V E 0. Okay, um, this is an interesting question. It says, I'm happy in the relationship I'm in, but he doesn't match the picture of who I thought I'd wind up with. 
Should I just let go of what I had in mind or keep looking for my dream man? What do you think? I think this is a very loaded question. This one reminds me of the one question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, well, all I could say is my own personal point of view, and yeah. mine is to wait. I would rather be alone mm-hmm. than to be in something I wasn't truly invested in. Like, yeah. what's the sake of being with someone? Like, then you're not being authentic and genuine, and then you're not even mm-hmm. pulling that energy in, yeah. which means that you're not even pulling in possibly the person that might met, match you or be better suited. Yeah, like, totally. I wholeheartedly don't believe in doing that. And, like, yeah. I've chosen to be alone for, like, longer periods of time, and I've always yeah. feel like I've had better results and outcomes. Yeah. Because then you will have time to work on yourself. Yeah. Good um, for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's easier said than done. Like, oh, it's, it's super yeah. hard. It doesn't make totally. it. It doesn't make it easy. I'm like just yeah. coming off of a. I think it's been since December, so it's, oh, wow. it's been like six months, yeah. and I could honestly say it's been cozy, and it's given me time to process things, and yeah, that way when I do, and then also like I'm making big shifts in my life, so I'm gonna yeah. maybe like pull in someone that's more inclined to the things that I'm making shifts in, and like yeah. with growth, yeah, and. I feel like that's the advice I always give people who are not finding the person is just to spend time working on themselves and try and grow in whatever way you can and attract people that, you know, are in alignment with your sort of best self yeah, type of way. Yeah. And it's so I feel like it's hard. It's so hard because it's, yeah, so, it's so easy to, like, just delve, like, into dating, mm-hmm. like, whether it be online, whether meeting through friends. And, and it's easy to stay with people who aren't that great <laughs> or who right. don't. Not that they're not that great as a judgment on them, but who don't bring out the sides of yourself that you sort of want or that don't, like, activate that, like, that spark passion. in you. Yeah. Like, the, the word that comes to mind is comfort. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm here. The yeah. relationship <laughs> is comfortable. Yeah. Like, at no, I think of personally body speaking. Like, sleeping next to me. Right. At yeah. no point do I want to just be in a relationship that's, like, comfortable and good. Yeah. Like, I mean, it should no, always like be the death good. of a relationship is that word. Like, it's comfortable. But if you, like, just plateaued and it's steady and there's nothing, like, yeah. like, and, and I mean, like, in a, like, because I've had that where it's been, like, in a really joyous way where you're like, oh, every day's great and we don't fight and yeah. this, is, this is perfect and that's, that's worked out. But, like, yeah, I'm talking about where you're just, like, kind of lukewarm. You're like, well, at least I didn't have to go on Tinder tonight. So <laughs> yeah. I have someone next to me. That's and we, awful. I know it's really awful. But, and then I don't know how with other people, but, like, yeah. when I was, like, I was a serial dater in my early 20s. And yeah. then towards the end of my 20s, I was like, oh, I'm going to try the relationship. And so yeah. I, I got. It's, like, so self-aware. I know. Yeah. Wow. I got into a relationship because I thought, it, you know, he was really nice. He was really great. And he yeah. liked me. Um, and somewhere through the relationship, a couple months in, mm-hmm. I just wasn't excited to come home Aww. anymore. Yeah. I know that sounds really awful. And then so I started going out like the bars and spending more time yeah and one night I was out and I kissed a friend of mine yeah and at that point I kind of I was like oh is this one of the reasons why people cheat on each other oh yeah because I just wasn't like I wasn't excited about being at home yeah you know it just it wasn't the right fit it was very comfortable but it just wasn't engaging enough yeah and 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 it was that and it was kind of at that second that I realized I was like well I don't 
I don't need to cheat. I need to not be in this relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, is such a mature perspective. Do you to think so? Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times people cheat as an easy out to end a relationship if they don't mm. want to have a conversation or... Or maybe they just aren't aware of that feeling of not wanting to go home and just, like, they just do something instead of, like, trying to consider, like, why am I feeling this way? And then let me talk to the person and then maybe we won't stay together, you know? Right, like, they Um, use it as the catalyst to, like, maybe, like, like, spur a breakup but not really, like, actively, like, they're actively participating but not in a conscious way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, um... That's so interesting, though. So, yeah, yeah, so for you, it sounds like if you are dating someone that doesn't match your ideal yeah, person, that you're not interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold out, and I can't yeah. tell you if it's the best thing or the worst thing. It's just it's just my path. Like, I just know that I enjoy my alone time and yeah. bringing quality things into this world that take a lot of time and energy, and that if yeah. I'm not in a relationship that matches it, then I can't do that, whether it be, like, you know, spending time on my art or completely mm-hmm. making a career transition. Yeah. I just didn't have any time to invest in anything that wasn't, like, worthwhile. Yeah. You know? Totally. I think that's a great answer. I think that my answer would be similar. Yeah. Um, but also, I think that I've also found that sometimes I'll have an expectation of someone that doesn't, it's not oh, that doesn't, you know. Oh, yeah. So there's, like, kind of the flip side where it's, like, sure, if you feel like there's not something that's being fulfilled in that relationship that's like specific for for me I always because I I feel like I've dated such a variety of people that I can't have a specific picture of one person person. yeah yeah yeah. so like it's hard for me to answer that question of like what's my dream man like I don't have a dream man but I do have a certain quality in myself that I feel like you know I want to be like compliment like I love compliments and I love feeling special and I love you know being able to um you know like have creative conversations with my partners and you know there's all these things that like well and I like to like be attracted and like have good sex and like all the things of a relationship that I sort of have in my mind but it doesn't necessarily get accompanied with like you know a specific type of person and so it's more just about like checking in with myself in terms of how do I feel and is this, like, do I feel comfortable and safe and happy and, like, respected and free and, like, all the well, things that I want to feel? So, well, I think yeah. that's super liberating because I don't think yeah. that comes into play with everyone's relationships. Like, yeah, I think that uh, goes back to the conversation. And I kind of feel like if you're – well, I mean, I guess she, it sounds like she's questioning a little bit. Like, I don't know how long it's taken her to get to that point where she is starting to ask these internal questions. Yeah. But I feel like even if you do ask these internal questions, people don't always act on them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there will be – you're like, oh, well, I really like um, – but I know communication will never match mine. Is that right. something I could live with? So you have yeah. to, like, decide what your own deal breakers are. Yeah. You know, but you also have to be brave enough to know what your deal breakers are and then decide yeah. if you're going to, like, act upon them. Yeah. Totally. You know? So. Oh, it's so hard because then, in terms of the deal breakers question, I feel like some of them are really real in terms of, you know, I just can't tolerate this. But then I also feel like there's the perspective of every relationship takes a certain amount of work and sort of, like, you know, no one is perfect. Like, I'm not perfect. No one that I've ever dated is perfect. Like, there's always going to be something that you have to sort of work on in the relationship. And so I think it's a matter of, like, how, to what degree is the deal break, you know, to what degree is the communication strained? Like, 
is there an openness to working on the communication if it is strained or not? And then is that a deal breaker if it's not? Or if there's an openness, are you willing to work? You know, and so there's so many moving parts. <laughs> well, you know, I think I've had both. Like, I've yeah. been, I've, so uh, I've had two relationships. One was the best, most open communication I've ever had. Yeah. And um, so when I was in college, I studied communication and wow. uh, conflict resolution was oh, like wow. courses that I've taken. Cool. So they give cool. you, yeah, they give you. I think we should like make up a question about conflict resolution oh, just so that you can tell people how to do that. I <laughs> totally will. And there's certain, you know, there's studies been done that indicate divorce, that, that there's certain things regardless of how you were brought up or, um, but if you could teach themselves that engage in conflict resolution yeah. a lot more readily than other tactics. Yeah. And then even it was sometimes like, sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent no, from no. the question, yeah. but if you realize like, you're like, oh, I'm playing this role when I have a conflict, if you're yeah. able to step out of that, you're going to help like resolve the communication better. A role, can you give us an example um, of that? Yeah, so, well, you could take Gottman's Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, which is, like, one of the biggest indications of divorce that's been a study. Yeah, and oh, we John Gottman? Yeah. That guy. That yeah. guy. <laughs> that guy. You know, and we could delve into that in depth yeah. later. But, like, one of the, uh, there's, like, four tenets that people normally uh, partake in when they're, when they're in conflict with one another. Yeah. And one of them is stonewalling. Where you right. absolutely just shut down. Right. And if you're not engaging and you have nowhere to go, then yeah. you're having to fight alone. Yeah. And then at that point, if you're fighting alone, how do you resolve something? Yeah. So I've had one boyfriend in the extreme that was very open. And then I had yeah. another, and especially com coming from a person that likes to communicate, yeah, just utterly stonewalled me. And I, and I mean, literally not talk. Like, I mean, not I say a single word. That would be a deal breaker. <laughs> like, I mean, deal looking in the car, silent. I was like, well, what do you think? And it was just silence. How did you manage that? That sounds I didn't. torturous. Okay, I, did, I, I, I didn't. Uh, I feel I did like it, I did not. I did it for about a year, and I tried my best. Yeah. But ultimately, it got to the point where um, I was just talking to myself. And, like, he, he was having internal dialogue and wouldn't share it. And if no one's sharing anything yeah. or stonewalling you, yeah. is there's no openness. That's also so, like, I mean, this is my inference on that, like, sure. observation. But that, to me, feels so unempathetic. Like, that's so mean to do to someone. Like, if someone did that to me, I would think that they were being cruel. You know? Like, I, I interpret that as cruelty. <laughs> That's just me, but, like, and that seems cruel. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so. totally the same way, and especially, yeah. like, you know, I've shared a little bit of my background, so yeah. I'm kind of versed in communication. Yeah. And to be next to, like, the antithesis of me, That's so wild. like, it was, it, it drove me bonkers. Yeah. Because, but, you know, like, some people, that's just what they do because yeah. I don't know if it's like a trait that's ingrained in them. Mm -hmm. So this comes back to what we were talking like about earlier. Like oh yeah, with family. family. Traits, yeah. yeah, it was like is this a part of just who you are? Is it, or yeah. is this what you've learned? Is it both combining itself together? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But also, yeah, I, it sounds like you're just like to bring it back to the question in terms of yeah. like, you know, thinking about like how much to put into it and like how to be in a relationship with someone who like with your communication story that you worked on it for a while you know so I don't know I don't have yeah. like a specific point but yeah. I don't I don't either I think for 
for number three, it's it's really about maybe deciding what's most important to you and then yeah. seeing if your relationship aligns with that or yeah. to align with that. But I think um, you have to, you also have to see if, like, do you really, is it because you're really not fulfilled in the relationship or is it, do you have these idealized right. expectations of what relationships are? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of more where I'm inclined to think when I see someone phrasing something like my dream man, because that just seems like but a fantasy. Yeah, you know, like, like, and if they're, I don't know, like, even, I feel like I've had examples of people, I'm trying to think, to make it using I statement, if I've ever had this happen, mm-hmm. um, and I guess I have, but sometimes, in terms of finding someone where I felt like, oh my god, that's everything that I want in one person, right. how incredible. And then eventually that person is going to fall off their pedestal and vice versa if someone does that to you. Actually, that's a really scary thing because I feel like I've been Mm. in, like, I dated someone, like, very briefly. um, And he was such a kind, generous, sweet, attractive person, like, all these wonderful qualities that I totally would have wanted to pursue a relationship with. But I felt as though he put me on a pedestal. And uh, I didn't feel comfortable in that role. Like, I felt it was... Did you feel like you weren't going to live up to his expectations? Or did you just not like the role in general? I felt like I wasn't that person. Like, I uh. didn't feel like there was... Like, I felt like I could do no wrong. Like, I didn't feel like I wasn't... I didn't feel like I wasn't the, the wonderful person that I believe myself to be. I just felt like his view of me was so inaccurate in terms of, like, there couldn't be any flaws. And so maybe, yeah, maybe I wouldn't live up to that expectation if I ever had a hard day or felt depressed one day or had a pimple or, like, gained <laughs> five pounds or whatever it was. Was a human? Like, yeah, was a human, basically. So, for me, that was really unsettling, and I just was like, whoa, I can't, I'm not a doll. Like, I'm a person. Like, this is weird to well, me. Well, I so. think that's really weird to, like, the, the first thing that came to my mind was to uh, give up all your power. Like, when, yeah. you, when you put someone on a pedestal, you kind of give up all your power. You're saying, that person is perfect in my eyes and mm-hmm. will do no wrong. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that came to mind was, you know, you put them on a, say, okay, say you're in the relationship and you put them on a pedestal and you have this idealized notion. Yeah. But do you do that to the point where you are unable to see that person's flaws? Like, where it becomes, right. like, becomes so blinded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I wonder. I don't know if I've ever done that. The only example that I can think of is just with this one person. I felt like, I don't know. I mean, we didn't get to know each other that well, so it's hard to say if he was sort of blind to my, you know, humanness or not. Um, and I'm sure in time it probably would have, like, happened. But I don't know if I can, I wonder if I've ever done that to someone where I had such an unrealistic view of them. I don't know. But I guess that's what I'm thinking about, like, the dream man, the like, dream the dream woman, yeah. like, the, the pedestal person, like, all the qualities, like, that you want, you know. I think well, it's just about, uh, I think for number three, I think yeah. it'd just be about taking time for yourself and really deciding what's most important to you and yeah. really explore the thought. Like, if this, is a, if this is a question you're having in your relationship, granted, I don't have all the context, uh, yeah. really set and ask yourself why you're asking that question. Yeah. You know, is it, is it fantasy-based? Is it, mm-hmm. like the world's expectations that you've been told at, like, since childhood that are appropriate for relationships? Or is it something that you've, maybe yeah. you're just really not in a relationship that matches where you, what you want? Yeah, all excellent points. Yeah, totally. I think we gave that person I so th- many good tips. Th- or, or yeah. opinions. Opinions. Yeah. opinions. Sorry, we might, opinions. Have, we might have inundated you a little bit. Oh, it's okay. No, I think, um, yeah. Okay, should we do the next one? Yeah. Let's 
hard, but um, okay. but we're we're diving into all the hard ones today. Let's do it. Okay. So this one says, I was with someone for years, and about a year ago, our relationship slowly started deteriorating. I honestly don't really know what went wrong between us, but we just got lost. But we just lost our connection. Eventually, I broke up with him. Although I gave him plenty of opportunities to work it out, but he didn't seem to want to, so I left. Um, sounds like those individual um, feelings about about this. Um, they continue. We never got closure, though. We basically just stopped dating, and I'm a big believer in closure. And while I've moved on and I'm dating new people, I still feel confused, angry, and unresolved about our breakup. There you go. Um, do you have any advice on how to achieve closure in relationships that are already over? Anonymous. Um, there's so many things that happen in that relationship. Yeah. I guess to, like, take out the essence of it, it seems like the, the closure of the relationship, like, well, it's like, I don't know if it's a she or he. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, like, there was not closure and, like, they're trying to move on, but there's still some residual confusion and anger and lack of resolution, which is just a human thing. Yeah, yeah I think it's a human thing in everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I, I think in any kind of circumstance or situation, like, so I think before I delve into the, the bigger, you know, question within that question, yeah. I'll give you my simple my simple way to uh, en- enable closure when there's really not like yeah. like when you're not going to have contact with that person. Like so, say yeah. hypothetically that there's going to be no co- communication with the other party again. Like that, like that's it. So how yeah. do you like how do you move on? Mm-hmm. And I think that whether it be like you know a job interview and you're told no, whether right. a friendship just kind of like either melts away or dramatically like changes, it's like yeah. it's, it's about you have to find your own closure in the situation. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I'd spend times, I call it like the rabbit hole, when you just like mm-hmm. go over the same question. Well, why didn't this work out? Or if I just did this? Yeah. Or, and that, and I think at some point, you just have to stop it and just like, you have to just be so strong. Like, I mean, just, okay, granted, you have to be superhuman to do this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if you could just be like, you know, that was a relationship. It didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if there's anything I could learn from it. But yeah. ultimately, like, whether it's even, like, you create a mantra, you're just like, well, it's over now. It was really great. You have to, like, literally force your own closure and just, like, create it, like, where, like, you're never going to ultimately maybe know. Yeah. You know? And totally. then even if you do go back into contact with that person, the original, like, reasons why might have changed by then. Yeah. So just know, like, you just have to comfort yourself and just ultimately tell yourself, like, you know, it didn't work out, but it was this, like, situation, and hopefully you could learn as much as you can. So I don't think there's an easy way. It's just about creating something from nothing. Yeah, totally. I mean... That's such a great, I feel like I should just leave it there, but I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> no, share I want well, your thoughts. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's such a, it's such a hard question just because I feel like it is a really challenging situation where you may not ever sort of get the, the closure that, the closure you, need, that yeah. you need. You may not have contact with the person, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and so for me, it's sort of a question of like, let's see, how do I phrase it? Like basically trying to, like, not rewrite the, the history of the story, but, but no, you kind of have tell to do that. Way that you, like you said, that you kind of, like, self-soothe and yeah. just make a narrative out of it. And actually, like, speaking of narrative and history, 
um, like narrative therapy is all about. Oh, tell like me about that. Yeah, narrative therapy I think is really interesting because um, it's basically a s- like a the theory is that history is something that you um, construct. You construct yourself, and basically you can sort of um, you can change the story of your own personal history. Oh. So it's basically like the idea is that if you have a history of you know like oh. Like, your story that you tell yourself is that, oh, all my relationships end poorly or something. Like, that's one story that you can that you choose, like, two events out of, like, the history of the last six months. Break but the that fold your... Yeah, but that there's more, like, stories that can be pulled out of those same events and right. facts. And so the process of, like, retelling the story from a different perspective can be therapeutic in the sense of, like new narratives emerge in terms of, oh, well, I actually grew a lot out of that, and, like, the relationship wasn't healthy for me, and, like, all these different things can come out of it. Right. And so it's, like, retelling your story. And I think it should absolutely be retold, you know? Like, because, like, ultimately, I feel like relationships are mirrors. Yeah. And I, you know, we could talk about that at some other point. That's great. um, Like, visual, like, uh, psychological idea. Yeah. Wherever you're at, that's the relationship you're pull. I feel like you're pulling in. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, but like, so taking it back to the narrative that you tell, like, yeah, each each relationship is like both good and bad. Yeah. Like, so just pull out both and grow. I think growth. Like, relationships are growth. Yeah. So it's like, what can you? How could you grow from that situation and like and just be like, well, this is done. What did I learn and Mm -hmm. how could I how could I enable my own closure to move forward? Right. Yeah. And the moving forward part is key to sort of have that sense of closure, even though you're not going. But just like having some kind of like story that you pull out of the events that took place in order to then move forward. And I feel like, um, you know, like continuing with the sort of narrative therapy idea. It's interesting because it's basically the idea is that you can continue to sort of reconstruct what happened. And I think that a breakup is always, you're, you're broken at the end of it. And so yeah. a lot of sort of self-reflection and trying to see, like, where can I grow and, like, where did I, like, what did I do that maybe was wrong is super healthy but also can be really challenging when you're really fragile and you're broken. And so I feel like sometimes just, like, having a narrative of, like, I did my best, and, like, I can't really, like, acknowledge all these pieces right now, and I'm just going to try much. and move forward. It's mm-hmm. too much. It's overwhelming, yeah. and it's not, like, helpful. It's not good for it's not good. Yeah. yeah. But then maybe six months later, trying to, like, reexamine those events if you still feel like you haven't totally. learned your lessons and grown, you know, whatever. And then examining it from, like, a place of, like, okay, now I feel like a whole person again, and I can sort of look at what roles did I play and what else can I learn. Right. Really coming full circle with yeah. all of the processes that go into a breakup because yeah. it's really a, a process it is yeah. like you have to be like nice to yourself yeah, like I yeah, always exactly. like and then like allow yourself to feel your feelings but don't let them dominate you there's no. always like it's such a hard balance it's such a hard balance <laughs> yeah. but if you get on the other side it's so worth it yeah totally so exactly um okay should we do another question yeah let's do another question okay um I have time for a couple more So this one is interesting. It's a short one. It says, I'm in a relationship, and she says she loves me, but I feel like I love her more than she loves me. That's the whole question. So in a relationship, I feel like I love her more than she loves me. She says she loves me, but I feel like I love her more than she loves me. Um, Do you have any thoughts on this one? Um, So so I I think I have a couple of thoughts, and I think, like, the first one, 
it goes back to what we were talking about, like power dynamics. Yeah. You know, so is this a situation? So you have to understand, like, is this a situation where it's the relationship or is this yeah. the person asking the question and their role that they play in the relationship? So is yeah. it something where it's, oh, do I give away my power and that's why I feel like I love her more? Right. Or is that what's, like, really happening and then maybe the relationship isn't? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great way to phrase it in terms of the power dynamic, because I feel like love, love is love, <laughs> you know, like, right. I mean, that's real generalization, but I guess what I'm saying is if you feel a connection to someone and you feel supported by them, then that should be comforting for that one sort of, like, compartment of the relationship, and then looking at the power dynamic that may be occurring in other areas of how you're engaging in that relationship, I think is helpful to sort of accessing why you might be feeling like it's an imbalance of, 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 of love, love, which is like, that's like not, you like, what is that? Something you, it's not something you can weigh. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. Measure. And, like, here's another, like, it's, I kind of feel like uh, power dynamics always shift in relationships. Like, yeah. like sometimes one person is going to be, like, uh, have more attention in their lives or more, yeah. like, you know, it could, it could go, it could be, uh, like, a multitude of different ways. Like, whether yeah. or not you have, like, say, you're really busy at your job, for example, and that's taking up yeah. uh, more of your time, so therefore you're not as present in the relationship, so obviously the other wor- the other person might be putting in more time and energy, so, mm-hmm. like, at that time, can you say that, like, you feel like you love the other person more, but that doesn't yeah. mean that the pendulum won't shift back in the other way in your direction, so yeah. how could you tell, like, if, like, which I kind of feel like is a healthy, uh, like, I just feel like that's what happens in relationships, you yeah, go through power shift. flux, and yeah. people shift, and hopefully you could support and love and communicate with one another when you do yeah. go through these, like, different balances, you know, balances of life, shall we say. So yeah. I, I think it's just dependent um, for this question whether or not it's something that's in flux mm-hmm. or whether something that's always permanent. Yeah. And if it's always permanent, then is that something that you could deal with long term? You know, because some people some totally. people really thrive. They're like, oh, I, I took me six months, but I finally got her in... <laughs> her to what like like love you know, me or yeah something. to love me or to be a part of the re- like really yeah. playing the long game which oh I God. don't believe in but I've heard of yeah um well and also I mean I feel like I <laughs> I was gonna externalize it and say like I know I know people but I've totally done this where <laughs> um you know I feel like I have engaged in relationships where I had to really work for the person's attention or love and there was a like a power dynamic of like me like oh like but I'm so pretty. I'm yeah, like I'm fluffy. I'm, the best. I'm great. Yeah. Look at me. I'm awesome. You know, um, and that's not a healthy place for me to be in a relationship and doesn't work in the long run. So I wonder if there's some of that happening. Yeah, like just the, the idea of like, oh, I, I want more love. Like, you know, like where is that coming from? And like, is that something that you do in relationships a lot, or is that something that maybe the messages from, um, you know, this person's partner, like from the says she says she loves me, so she. Oh. Um, but then they don't find someone else. It's a man or a woman. Um, but maybe there's something that she, the partner who um, says that she loves the caller, but the caller doesn't feel like 
says love is the same. But maybe there's something that that person is doing that's giving sort of mixed messages. You know, maybe they say I love you, but then they're not kind or they're not affectionate. Yeah, I, like, like, yeah. I, I don't want to take it to the dark place, but <laughs> yeah. um, this also kind of reminds me of one of the earlier questions that we received. And, yeah. um, like, maybe you're in... Um, maybe it could be a super unhealthy dynamic, an unhealthy yeah. relationship, and you're just like clinging to the no. other person. I don't like. I don't yeah. like. I said there's. It's so. It can go so many ways. Many so ways. I didn't want to initially start with that and focus on that. But yeah. you do have to wonder and ask yourself, like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, am I just like asking for this person's like love to the point where she may like maybe you aren't her one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think, um, like, having awareness around your own patterns can be helpful, too. Like, yeah. that's something that happens a lot where you often feel like there's some uncertainty or um, that you're wanting more mm-hmm. than the person is able to give, and then maybe looking at, like, is that something that's coming from you or not, you know? Yeah, like, that could be helpful. It's that, that's perfect, like, the way you put it, like, a pattern yeah. versus just a one yeah. relationship. Totally. Like, what camp does it fall in? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Patterns are what, three? Does that happen three times? Uh, three <laughs> yeah. Times. But yeah, doesn't it I take like thirty months to change yeah. a pattern? <laughs> oh God, I don't. Know. I think I think that or like a habit. Yeah, probably. Um, okay, so I'm aware of the time, and I'm aware that we have a few more questions. But if you want to tell us anything about conflict resolution, I would love to hear. Do you have any just like bullet point tips for people in relationships that are finding themselves in conflict in general, or is that like too impossible? No, I, I don't think it's too impossible. And of course, this um, my experience is, you know, is with that, like the Gottman Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse and like yeah. the things you do. But if I could just summarize in one simple sentence, yeah. is just the fact that you have to be open and really like listen. It's like it's yeah. an active thing that you decide. Like you either participate in the conflict and you try to do it in the healthiest, like the healthiest of ways, which is no name calling, no stonewalling and always showing up, like, yeah. so I feel like, you know, I'd love to delve into this more, totally. like, no, but that's like great. some other time, but yeah. if you could just basically not name call and listen, yeah. you're already, like, halfway there. Is name calling included in that? Is that, like, finger it pointing? Is. Yeah, that, okay. it was, like, the second, yeah. like, the second one totally. is basically, you're like, you're stupid. Yeah, yeah. And then they, like, look at you and you're like, oh, you're stupid. Yeah, yeah. And then you guys just decide just to walk away. your heels of, yeah. like, being stubborn. Oh, yeah. actually, the number one thing that uh, they also found uh, was being nice. Mm-hmm. Just, just having respect and being nice to your partner. Yeah. Like, really adds to the longevity. That makes a lot of sense. Like, just the point, yeah. like, are you hot? Can I yeah. help you? Do you <laughs> need a some drink? Water? Yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, totally. those little acts of kindness, they call yeah. them acts of kindness. Yeah. Really, really goes a long <laughs> way. Really goes a long okay. way. Okay. Well, according to studies. Very helpful. According to research. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, okay. So now, this is the hard part of the show where I have to choose which questions I want to answer. Mystery questions. I don't know. Um, Let's see. This is a funny question because it's asking for a friend. Okay. Okay. This one says, any tips on helping convince my girlfriend to break up with her boyfriend? She knows he's awful for her, doesn't feel respected by him, he drinks all the time, doesn't manage his finances well, and doesn't have to worry about it because his family is wealthy. He's just not a good guy for her. I hate seeing her get so caught up in what I think is such a shitty relationship. Thoughts? Asking for a friend. Um, that's really hard. That's, that's very considerate of this person. Um, oh, really? 
because I mean, I consider it, but I also feel like there's nothing you can do. Like that's my short answer is like, it's your friend's relationship; they're gonna do whatever they want. But that's considerate, like that you care about your friend. I feel like that's nice. But what are you gonna do? I really like your your first your first thought. Cause my first yeah. thought was, well, it's not really your, any of your business, but it's like so you shouldn't like yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't get involved. But totally. then it's hard because you yeah. don't like if you love and care about your friends, you don't want to totally. see them in an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. Right. But then you have to ask, well, why are they in this unhealthy relationship? Like yeah. why? Like I don't know how long it's been. Yeah. So I, I, I can't say. But like you have to ask, like why is your friend like what is coming from the inside of your friend that's prolonging this like relationship and taking it further or making him or her like act out? Yeah. Like I, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell that story. <laughs> oh. There was a break Privacy in it. There was a, there was a break in involved. Let's just put it like that. Okay. Where someone was breaking into someone's house. Okay. To see. <gasps> to see, yeah. A friend was breaking into someone else's house to see something. To see, to see uh, someone they were dating. And I'm sorry, oh, I'm, I'm not, no. I'm not no, even using this as in purpose. Yeah. And yeah, so that's I, well, I mean, like breaking in, that's like breaking, that's it, breaking that's in, illegal. Illegal. it's yeah. totally legal. <laughs> yeah. And but I had to be on the sidelines watching this oh behavior, and so like yeah. for years I was trying to help like mitigate this kind of behavior. Yeah. And then at some point I was like, well, this isn't my job, and better yet, yeah. there's nothing I'm going to do that's going to fix that pattern and fix that behavior. Yeah. So you, all you could do is just like try to support your friend and like be the shoulder yeah. they cry on. Totally. The person that listens to, and you have to do it without judgment. Yeah. And that's really the thing. Like, like, and like this question also to me feels very judgy of the, the boyfriend in terms of like, you know, he drinks all the time. He doesn't line up his finances well. Like these are all this person's like judgments about the person, which is not like, I'm not saying right. that that's bad, but like, that seems like that's what's happening and that yeah like you could never and that's probably why if i had to guess this is coming from the friend because the person can't say this to the friend right. you can't right. say you your can't boyfriend say is like shitty oh, yeah. you should break up with them like right. that's not something you can do yeah so i guess yeah. if like take it back like unfortunately i would say that i don't think there's anything you could do and you kind of have to like let yeah. the relationship play out and if it gets to the point where like maybe you're having a really like you're in a perfect place to have a very open dialogue but like do it in the most kind-hearted kind of way like yeah say you're out at the bar you've maybe if like you guys are both buzzed and you're just like hey i really care about you yeah and i just want to make sure you're okay and yeah. see how that and that gives them room to talk and create a dialogue without judgment being like hey so i've noticed your boyfriend's been really like kind of miserable towards you yeah because the person is just going to be so defensive for that totally yeah yeah i mean i also like what you said just about trying to support the person through the process of that relationship um and i think another way that i've found um that it's helpful to sort of like support friends in relationships that, that i have felt aren't very healthy for mm -hmm. them is just to sort of allow them to understand that they have options not necessarily yeah. to say oh this person is wonderful you should date them and break up with your boyfriend like that's invasive and i would never do that but in terms of just like allowing the person sometimes you're in a relationship and you don't feel like you can like you forget that you can end a relationship right. you know right. and that like even if you've been with them for two years or six years or whatever right. it is like you can always end a relationship if it's not working for you you know and so sometimes reminding people that like they're wonderful and like 
they have choices in life and you know like being big and, yeah, you know yeah. which is also like supporting them through their process like I think that's great even yeah well I think yeah, yeah. I think that's a really great like approach to it though yeah. you know yeah so yeah like hang in there and yeah. just be supportive totally um so I feel like that might maybe should be our last question oh, yeah. and I should play a song um we have a couple minutes but um but I want to tell people about all of the ways to find Soul Friend. So yeah, how do you find I'm Soul gonna, Friend? So how do you find Soul Friend? So Soul Friend is now um, also a podcast. I don't Ooh. know if you know, but it's very exciting. So you can find it on iTunes. I've looked at one other podcast app, um, and you can download it there as well. So I believe that you can get it, you know, on the on, on, on the real podcast, they always say, find us wherever you, you get you your can. podcast. And I, I found it. You can. You found it? Yeah. On how like did you find it? Just through the podcast app on my phone. There you go. Perfect. So, so you can get it there, which is, is that the iTunes one? Mm-hmm. It yeah. is iTunes. Okay. Yeah. So it's not separate. Yeah. Yeah. But that makes sense. Okay. So it's Soul Friend Radio. So you can find me there. And you can also... You can always send questions to 213-54-LOVE-ZERO, and I will answer them on the next episode, um, or whenever they fit into, if I have a theme for an episode, whenever they fit into that theme. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, Soulfriend Radio, and you can also Instagram me. Instagram. Instagram is fun. Um, Soulfriend Radio. And what else? I think that's it. Yeah, like email. Yeah, and like email. Letter. <laughs> I honestly, I do have an email for Soulfriend. I never check it, so I feel like it's not okay, a place that people should email. Don't email. <laughs> don't email me right now because I never check it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, and then I should give a shout out for the music that I played. So yeah. I played. I wasn't sure what to play this morning. I always play hip hop, but I wasn't. I feel like I've exhausted all of the hip hop that I usually um, like to listen to. And then I ran into my friend Sasha today while I was getting coffee, who is in a lovely band called Wardell. Everyone should listen to Wardell. So the song that we heard in the beginning of the show was Wardell, and then the song that I'm going to play right now, which I will get ready to go, is my friend, um, you know, I actually don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Zang, like Zang, but it's D-Z-A-N-G. Adam, how do you pronounce your, I don't like your, your, your music. musical persona, Zang? I think it's, isn't that, is that a it's saying, like Zang, no? No, no. Well, <laughs> maybe I think you like if you're like, oh, I tried for bang, but then it went for zang. Then it went for zang. Zang. Yeah. Yeah. Zang. I like that. Zang. Yeah. So we're gonna play some zang now. Um, and I think that's it. Do you have anything else to say? No, just thanks for having me on the show and doing the mashup today. Yeah. Oh yeah, the mashup. I like that. There's a theme to the show today. Okay. The mashup. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna play this song and I will. See everyone in two weeks. Okay. Goodbye. Well, I love this man. I know you.